Hey, we're back. I've arrived back from my trip, made it safe and sound, and boy, oh freaking boy, do we have some shit to go through today in this episode. So, um, I'm wanting to go through a recounting, in a way, of the different synchronicities that happened on my trip, um, some of the big changes and realizations that came forward from my journey and really just soaking in the impact of what I've experienced. Uh, Actually, that reminds me of something. Let me write that down so I don't remember. I mean, so I don't forget. (laughs) Okay. All right. So let's start with the day that we uh, headed out for this journey. Uh, we, in this case is me, myself and I, uh, we are the Royal, the Royal, we all together. So I set out on the 17th to British Columbia. I was flying from Ottawa to British Columbia completely by myself um, and was picking up a car in Vancouver once I arrived because I'd be heading over to Vancouver Island and the places that I was going were fairly remote. So I needed a mode of transportation. So from the moment I got to the airport, everything, everything just flowed way easier than I thought. Usually when I go to the airport, like the security lineup is super long. There's a lot of people. It's busy. It's loud, kind of overstimulating the waiting area. Like there aren't always spaces to sit. But when I got to the airport, it was almost empty. Like there were maybe 50 people on the whole like check-in floor. And most of them were waiting for other people to arrive before heading down through security. So I had practically no wait time. I walked in. I think there was maybe two people in front of me in security. I went through, um, ended up getting patted down as I normally do every time I go through like the scan machine, even though my pockets are empty, my left leg always lights up and they get me to go through two, three times. And they're like, sorry, we got to pat you down. Like it's not changing. Like, I know, I swear to God, I have a bionic leg, but I do not. It's just a normal flesh leg. Um, it's a weird flesh leg. That was an interesting choice of words, but Anyways, I, there was a booster juice. So of course I hit up the booster juice, got myself a little flight smoothie. Um, And as soon as I boarded the plane, there was somebody sitting in my seat and I had specifically selected a window seat. I love looking out the window when I fly. Going through the clouds is like one of my favorite things. And then flying above all of that, it's just, it's otherworldly for me. And there was somebody sitting there and I was low-key pissed because I was like I paid to book this seat like I paid in advance to make sure that I had this seat and the flight attendant came back and said oh actually we had somebody else cancel their flight um, for today so you can take their seat and it was the one in front that had extra leg room like a lot of extra leg room and with that I didn't have to pay to be upgraded. They just gave me that seat because there was a double booking. And originally, this was the seat that I wanted when I was booking uh, my tickets. I wanted this seat and it was already booked by the time I 
got to the checkout section. I had waited too long because I was checking other details, which was my own fault. Uh, but everything turned out as I had originally planned and I ended up being upgraded into the seat that I wanted to sit in originally. So that was very magical. Uh, and my two seatmates were wonderful people, not super chatty, but like friendly, which was nice. Uh, I've sat beside somebody on a plane once that wanted to talk the whole time. It's not my vibe. <laughs> I was listening to an audiobook for most of the flight. Uh, minus takeoff, I usually have uh, a takeoff playlist or some sort of um, song that I will listen to to just kind of like set myself up for the flight as we flew into British Columbia. And I looked down and I saw a mountain peeking through the clouds. I burst into tears. <laughs> I was so overwhelmed with awe just seeing this incredibly large structure just standing there peeking through the clouds and it was so magical I was crying and laughing my seatmate was super excited going like oh my god look at that mountain that's such a cool mountain that's such a big mountain oh my god we're both like trying to take pictures out of the window um, and other people around us were like okay yeah it's a mountain but we were very excited, so I was grateful to have a seatmate who echoed my enthusiasm regarding the immensity of the mountains in British Columbia, because holy guacamole, I was not expecting it. Like, I knew they were big, obviously, like, pretty sure the Rocky Mountains are between Alberta and British Columbia. I'm a little bit geographically challenged, so, like, I'm just going to let it slide if it's not. Um, I was aware that mountains were big, but actually seeing one in real life was something I was not expecting and the feelings and emotions that came up when I did see them also kind of caught me off guard. Uh, so that was a fun little little flight adventure that happened um, and throughout my whole trip I was seeing eights everywhere. It was on the um, information sheet in front of me it was on the menus that I had looked at prior to boarding the plane it was like on everything license plates as we were driving to the airport gate numbers like everything <laughs> there was just eights everywhere uh, so I grabbed a cab over to my pickup destination for the rental car which man airport cabs out there are cash money I paid like $25 for a 10 minute ride. It was insane. Uh, I didn't know that I had to call the rental company directly to have them come pick me up. It said there was shuttle service, but I got outside and there was no shuttle that said to rental car or anything. And I got confused. So it was a, a fun little <laughs> tidbit of information that I now know, should I ever rent a car out there again, that if you call them directly, they'll come get you free of charge. <laughs> So as I was getting to the rental place, I go through the process, like signing all the paperwork, giving my driver's license, all of that, paying for my time with the vehicle. And he tells me to go wait outside uh, as they're cleaning the car from the last person that returned it. They wanted to do a final inspection before handing it over to me. Uh, and just, it would be maybe like 10, 15 minutes. So I'm standing outside in the parking lot and I look across the street and there's 
an address sign on the side of a building. Big and clear as day, 8888. I start to giggle a little bit. I'm like, ha ha ha, look, more eights. And then I turn and there's a car that's parking right in front of where I'm standing. What's their license plate? 888. And then I look across the street and there's another sign. And what does that sign say? 888. And I was like, what is happening right now? These eights are everywhere. This is wild. So we do the inspection of the car, like double check that, you know, there were some minor scratches or whatever. We just wanted them noted so that when I returned it, they weren't thinking it was me. And as I get in the car, I start it. The odometer is at 888 at the end. (laughs) Uh, So I had quite a, a good little giggle to myself there. Uh, recognizing all the eights and being like, okay, universe, I see you. I see that this trip is like abundant as fuck and that it's leading to more abundance. So thank you. I appreciate the little heads up that this is like the underlying theme for my trip. So from there, I got in the car, drove to my hostel, which was incredible. It's an old historic building right by a beach. And that evening after I'd gotten set up, I decided to pick up a few groceries and then head to the beach with a little dinner. Um, and as I was sitting there with my feet in the water, I was saying to myself, like, how the fuck am I supposed to go home next week? Like, I am so in love with this province and with the combination of mountains and oceans because the ocean has, has always been just so... it's just so beautiful to me like I am terrified of like deep ocean not a fan of that but shoreline ocean where the humans are supposed to be I can get behind that any day of the week Um, and that's definitely my happy place as someone who has a very um, high sensitivity to other people's emotions and experiences being around water specifically oceans in general is very rejuvenating and restoring for me so I kind of grappled with that for a while I was like man I I don't want to go like I I just got here but I don't want to go and this this is going to come back like that sentiment of like it just started but I I don't want to leave I don't want it to be over yet that will come back later in the episode so just keep that in the back of your mind um so I went to bed fairly early because the next day I had quite the journey to get to the destination where I would be going through my plant medicine ceremony. I got up at 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) It was very early. I drove an hour from my hostel to the ferry port? Arrival? Departure? I don't know what to call it. I drove an hour to the ferry. (laughs) So I got there. I had to get there for 5 a.m. to line up for boarding. The ferry actually left at 6 a.m., had an hour and a half long ferry ride, which I stood outside for the entire time. Uh, People were coming out onto the deck to take pictures and videos and whatnot. But then it was really cold because it's six o'clock in the morning in British Columbia. Like it's it's a little bit chilly Um, and you're on open water. So it's windy, too. Uh, And most people were taking their photos and then quickly scurrying back inside. And here I am like all bundled up (laughs) with my sweater 
long pants, but then sandals because choices, just like huddled up in my spot because I didn't want to go back inside. I was so cozy out there. I love boat rides and it was just, it was incredible. So I stayed out on the deck for the entire trip. And then once we got to Victoria, from there, I had about a five, five and a half hour drive out to the farm that I was staying at. I knew that there was a road closure happening on the way into you, uh, into Euclid and Tofino. And I knew that that was the only road in and out, that there's no alternative route to get there that was as direct. So I thought that closure meant that it was reduced to one lane. I did not realize that they close the whole thing because there's no lane to drive on if they're working on it. They're resurfacing the side of the mountain, fixing up all the roads and guardrails and that. And there's there's just no room to be driving through. So I got there about 45 minutes after it closed. Um, and there's no service because you're in the middle of the mountains like you know, there's there's nothing around except for gigantic trees um uh, actually i drove through the place uh, i think it's called cathedral trails where they filmed twilight which was really cool as soon as i drove in i was like wow i feel like i'm in twilight right now and then i remembered my friend telling me that cathedral trails was where part of it was filmed so that was a fun little adventure that happened um but going back to the road closure, I was speaking with the attendant there that was informing people of the closure and when they would be reopening. And she said, well, you know, you can kind of trek back. There's some touristy activities that you can do. There's like zip lining and different fishing things and boat rides and whatever. Uh, but she said, if you want service, like you're going to have to drive about 40 minutes back in the opposite direction to get service again. So I looked down at my gas tank and I was like, oh. I got to get gas, one, because I didn't fill up on the way in. Um, and I still had quite a drive after where that closure was to get to the destination. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to, I'll drive back. I'll get gas. And I need service to let my hosts know that I'm going to be like four or five hours, excuse me, later than I thought I was going to be. So I turned around, I headed back in the direction towards the service and everything went fine. They weren't upset at all, obviously. They were just like, yep, thanks for letting us know. We, we eagerly await your arrival. Like we're so excited to see you and meet you. Um, and from that point, I just, I had a couple hours to kill. And I thought, man, you know, like as I was driving through or as I was driving through the the roads to get back to where the service was, I kept thinking like, man, I really wish I could stop off and like see the water somewhere that I could actually experience this part of the drive because the trees, the roads were very windy. So you couldn't really take your eyes off the road for very long. And the trees were so thick that sometimes you'd only get a little bit of a glimpse behind them to see the open water. So as I was driving back to the closure, I just kind of decided like, well, I have my audiobook still. I can just park my car near the closure and then listen to my book until it opens back up. But as I was driving back, I noticed this pull-off space that 
I hadn't seen before. And there were cars parked there and I saw somebody walking back up a trail and I thought, hmm, I wonder what's over there. So I pulled in, parked my car, I walked down the trail and lo and behold, it's a beautiful lake that looks tropical. Like I have a picture posted on my Instagram of the water and it was was so breathtaking, like just clear and blue and beautiful it was so 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 refreshing and across the way gigantic mountains gigantic mountains so I spent a couple hours at this lake it's called Sprout Lake and it was just such a it was an eye-opening experience because I had there's a part of me that wanted to swim I love swimming And I thought, well, I don't have my bathing suit on. I can't, I can't go swimming in my underwear. Like I'm an adult. I can't do that. And there's other people that might come around and then I'm going to be wet for part of my drive and all of these reasons that I couldn't do the thing that my mind or my body and my heart wanted to do. But my mind was saying that it wasn't a good idea for X, Y, Z. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Like my underwear probably cover more than what my bathing suit bottoms do anyways. Um, and who cares? Like even, even if it didn't, what does it matter? Right? Like I'm, I'm still covered. I'm not breaking any laws. I'm just swimming in my underpants. So I turned around, I walked back up the trail to get my water shoes from the car. Uh, it was a rocky beach. So there was some sharp and slippery, slippery little lads in the water and as I entered the water I felt my inner child just like fully beaming she was so happy to be in the water and that I listened to her when she asked me to go swimming so we were kind of standing there and the water was very cold um it's good old mountain water for you (laughs) um and as we were kind of waiting in the water part of me wanted to go like deeper into it where it was deeper to actually like open swim and I was overcome with like a deep primal fear of it's not safe for us to venture out into that part of the water like stay here by the shoreline and I checked in with my inner child and I asked her if she was okay and she said she was really scared and I asked her what she wanted to do and she said I don't know like I I don't know what my options are So I asked her, do you want to stay in the water or do you want to get out? And she said, I want to get out. I was like, okay, yep, we can totally do that. And as I was exiting the water, I heard a voice saying that I was not to enter farther in. That like where I was standing is where I was allowed to be, but I was not welcome past that point. And my inner child picked up on that right of way. And my adult brain just kind of passed it off as, oh, well, you know, like I'm alone. It's not safe to swim on your own. You know, what if a boat comes by and doesn't see you? You know, like all of these logical reasons as to why it wasn't safe were masking the fact that energetically there was something communicating with me that I was not welcome in that part of the lake. So I got out of the lake and I hung out just on the rock beach, sitting in the rocks in the sun. 
And I just let my inner child really come out and experience that day with me. We smashed rocks around. We were clapping sticks to rocks and playing drums on them. We were rubbing rocks on our arms. And it was such a carefree experience that I didn't care how my body looked as I was sitting there spread out on the rocks. I didn't care if I wasn't wearing a fashionable swimming outfit. I didn't care if the noises I was making were too loud because I was having fun. I was enjoying that moment for everything that it was and that it was giving me. And as I got ready to leave, I just felt this sense of peace that I worry about so many things on a day-to-day basis, but when I just stop and allow myself to be, it's way more impactful and I remember things. I remember how they feel and what I was thinking and, and experiencing physically and emotionally, whereas if I'm spent worrying that mental energy that I could be using to create these memories in my mind are preoccupied with the what if. This was a conversation that I had with somebody at um, one of the hostels I stayed at in the second part of my trip where she was asking about my travels and I had said, you know, I, I decided to ask myself, like, what if everything went right? Like, what if I stopped worrying about all the bad things that could happen and just ask myself what if it went right and she countered that by saying that's a good point but also adapting the mindset of even if everything doesn't go right I know that I can handle it might be an area that you want to explore and I was kind of awestruck like this woman that I had just met and had never really interacted with before dropped this like truth bomb of wisdom on me of what if everything is just neutral what if nothing is extremely good or extremely bad what if it just is and what if you can make it through whatever it is so I really tried to embody that mindset as I went through feeling whatever was coming up as I went on this trip. So fast forwarding over to the actual plant medicine journey. So it was a two-part deal. took place over two days. The first day we did like a rehearsal where I came in with my um, like my intention to kind of work with them on refining and really honing in on what it was I wanted to work with. Um, when I interacted with the plant so from there we did like a rehearsal ceremony and then I had done a micro day a micro dose on the first day and I just kind of went off on my own on the property they have about 20 acres of land it's very remote like it was old logging roads to get to this farm and (laughs) wow Next time, note to self, rent an SUV. (laughs) A little low-riding Kia does not do well on old logging roads. There are lots of rocks and potholes and no guardrails. 
Um, so that was a, a fun little discovery there. But this farm was so peaceful. Like when I got there, I just had this sense of coming home and that I was welcomed there in any state. The people were so kind. The animals were calm. There's so many cats and two dogs. It was absolute heaven. They grow all their own vegetables and flowers. Um, like it's just a totally off-grid, self-sufficient farm. It's, oh, oh wow, wow, wow. I so want to go back there. I low-key wish I had just booked my whole trip to stay there. It would have been incredible. Um, so back to the ceremony for my rehearsal, I spent the first part of it in my tent. I was painting and kind of drawing. I did some tarot readings for myself, really just getting used to the energy of the plant that I was going to be working with fully the next day, getting a feel for how we interacted together. And then from there, like really trusting that wherever this plant brought me was somewhere that I had agreed to go and that wanted to be addressed. So that was the first half of the rehearsal. The second half I spent out by the water. And at this point, I was so mesmerized by the world around me. Normally, I hate bugs. I don't like them around me. I get freaked out. I'm really jumpy. Um, I don't like the unpredictability that comes with just discovering a bug, um, specifically in my house, especially because our building has the occasional cockroach and they always freak me out. Uh, but thank God we're moving into a new house, so that won't be a problem. <laughs> but I found myself as I was sitting by the water, like just fascinated by the bugs that were there. I was watching the ants crawl around and bringing food back into I don't know. They don't have hives. Those are bees. Where do where do ants live? What the fuck? Why don't I know this? Okay, well, note to self, we're going to figure out where do ants live. Where do ants live? Let's see. I was going to say I'll look it up later, but I could look it up now. Where do ants live? Ants live. Okay. Oh, nest. Okay, so we'll call it a nest. They were bringing food back to the nest. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Google. Uh, so yeah, watching the ants bring food back to their nest, watching the bees play around in the flowers, and there were a couple wasps that were joining them, and there was beetles and spiders that I was just in awe of how they moved and how carefree they were within their journey and I remember laying there just taken aback by how many things I worry about you know that had come up earlier the day before when I was at the beach that you know what are people going to think if they see me and in those moments with the microdose, I was shown that like none of it matters literally none of it all the things you're told to worry about especially other people's perceptions literally none of it matters none not a bit not one ounce none of it 
And that dream life that I had been visualizing in my mind, my vision, like my my human eye vision, focused in on merging the two. So when I dream, I typically lucid dream and my sense of sight is not actually coming from my human eyes, but it's coming from my third eye. And I can feel that distinction when I'm dreaming because my eyes are closed in the dream, but I can still see everything. So in this waking state, I had a merging of the two sources of sight. And the plant had whispered to me like, you're already living your dream. Look around you, right? You have this idea in your head of how things look and feel and you're not noticing how that's already present for you, how this is already something you are experiencing and living. You are actively living your dream, like pay attention kind of thing. It was a, it was a call to attention in that moment. So then moving on to the rest of the evening, at that point I had gone into debrief with my host and um, a friend that I had made while staying there. And there were so many tidbits of wisdom that came through the conversations that I shared with people. I love deep life chats. I am terrible at small talk. It it kills my soul. It's like so energy draining for me. I want to know like, what are your beliefs? What are your philosophies? How do you see the world? Like, what do you think about love? Like, what are all of these things that have led you to believing and existing as you do in this moment? Um, so the fact that the people I met and spoke with while staying there were so down to deep dive with me and like really just match that energy was incredibly validating and special for me. And one of the biggest ones that came from that evening was when my friend had said to me, there's no pressure if you're not pretending to be something that you're not. And as somebody who struggles with imposter syndrome, specifically in the workplace, this was very enlightening for me because I recognized that I was putting this pressure on me. Nobody else was. It was me that was placing the pressure on having to be farther ahead than where I actually was. Whereas my supervisors and support team at work, they recognize that I'm a beginner in some aspects and that I'm advanced in other aspects and really embracing the energy of experimenting and trial and error as part of professional growth, that you can always learn to be better at something. You can always learn new tricks, new tips, new insights within what you do. You're never, you're never done, right? It's, it's that constant progress that you're going through. And it brought me back to another conversation I had had with somebody and they had shared that what if falling in love with the process of progress is the point, right? What if none of it has to do with 
the end result that you're getting? What if it's about the journey of who you're becoming or remembering that you already are? You already are this person internally. So it's embodying and allowing that person to take up space in your life. Man, I'm re- I just remembered that I may not have turned off. Crisis averted. I did turn on my microphone. One time I recorded an entire episode with my laptop audio and it was not great. I did not enjoy it at all. Listening back over it as I edited it, I was like, oh man, I'm sorry to anybody who has to hear this with their ears. Um, but yeah, going back to that idea of falling in love with the progress process of progress really shined through within my entire travel time, my entire trip time. The entire time that I was on my trip. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so really allowing myself to release that pressure and just show up as I am. That I can be messy. That I can be a beginner. That I can not have any idea what I'm doing. But show up with passion. And that that will be enough to sustain me through the process of learning. And of exploring who it was that I was remembering how to be. So within that, coming into the full ceremony, I was not expecting the intensity of it. I kind of lulled myself into a false sense of security from the microdose. Because I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. I wasn't even really nauseous. Like, totally fine. mistakes were made in perception because when I did the full dose the next day oh man um, I have never felt such intense nausea in my life before and when we were debriefing uh, the previous evening one of my guides had said to me you know like that's typically associated with sacral energy or the sacral chakra so you know like keep that in mind as you're processing through what you're experiencing And there was an amping up of energy during the come up stage of the full ceremony where I could feel the heartbeat of the earth just pulsing through my body. Like the heartbeat of creation took over my body. And this was something that I noticed at this farm and I was like super sketched out about it at first. And then I was like, yeah, well, the spiritual energy here is off the freaking charts. So I'm just not going to question it. The heartbeat had a literal forest. No, the, the, <laughs> the forest had a literal heartbeat. It sounded like there was someone out in the middle of the forest just beating a drum. And at first I kind of just passed it off until my friend also noticed it. And even when he said it, I passed it off. I was like, no, that's probably your own heart, which like you wouldn't hear your own heart beating outside of your body. But anyways, that was my thinking at the time. I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, But there was, yeah, there was a little heartbeat in the forest and the wind sounded like somebody blowing into a bottle, Um, which very interesting very very interesting experience so as I was coming up within the ceremony that heartbeat just amplified and I could hear 
my guides calling me. I could hear them calling my name, trying to get my attention. And it sounded as though they were literally right behind me. Like I, I mistook it for one of my hosts. And I remember whipping around and looking out the screen of my tent. And there was nobody there. But I could have sworn that he was standing there talking to me. It was a very real... My internal world and external world were merged together in this case again. So my internal sense of visualization, I have a defined head and Ajna. So like my mental world is very developed when it comes to imagery and that merging that had happened with the microdose the day before was just amplified during this process. Like my ability to distinguish between external and internal was completely gone. There was no veil. There was no border barrier, nothing between the two of them. They just became one. And as we went through the process of like diving deep internally, I noticed that I was surrounded by filing cabinets and I knew that I categorized things mentally similar to how like an inside out, she has all those orbs throughout um, her unconscious mind. Uh, Excuse me. And same with Bruce Almighty with those like ever expansive filing cabinets. That's the way that I've set up my internal understanding and my categorization of experiences from my life. And the plant went through and they were like, yeah, we're going to do spring cleaning today, sweetie. Like we're going to we're going to go through everything in here pertaining to the intention that you set. And as we went through the process, I was struck by how fun the plant made it. So I think because it knew that it was an intimidating process to face all these past traumas and really physically feel them because you can't think your way out of a physical process, which is what I had been trying to do for years, even though as someone with psycho- like psychological training, I know that that doesn't work. And also with my energetic and spiritual understanding, I double know that that doesn't work. But still, there was a part of me that was like, yeah, but I'm different. <laughs> I don't have to do that hard shit. I can just think about it and it'll be fine. Not true. Inaccurate. Wrong. <laughs> um, so going through that process, the plant knew that it would be intimidating for me to address and really physically feel my way through all of these memories. So the plant turned it into a game. I went through and each item that it pulled out was in a little container. And in the container was like a little diorama of what happened. And I would open the container and the memory and the energy would come out and like wash over my body. And I would be brought back into that experience with my adult consciousness, but feeling through what my inner child was feeling at the time, if it was pertaining to childhood or whatever past version of me had stored this memory away. And after I felt through it and allowed myself to really honor the experience, I then had the choice to keep it or to toss it. And if I tossed it, it was dumped into this other container that had a yellow bottom and clear sides. 
and there's a little floating rubber duck in it. <laughs> there's a hole on one top of uh, one side of the top and a hole on the opposite side of the bottom. And I would pour the experience into this jar, into this container, and it would swirl around in the container and flush out the other side. And when it did, there was like this sad carnival music that was playing in the background. Like every time I would flush a past experience, I would hear this sad music and like the lights would kind of flash and like dim out as it flushed out and then would come back online after the process had been complete. And from there, I would physically purge. Um, I don't like throwing up. It's one of my least favorite activities. <laughs> But it felt therapeutic. Like I didn't enjoy the process, but I could feel myself feeling better the more that I physically purged. And like my sacral center was so heavy. It was like there was a boulder sitting on top of my sacral center. And it was just relieved with each memory that I experienced and decided to toss I felt like a little piece of that boulder chipping away every time that I would allow that to go through the process and then purge whatever I wasn't keeping. And then once that process was complete, the container was cleaned out, it was restored back to its original state, and it was placed back on the shelf for a new experience and opportunity to be homed in there as I made space in my life to fill these um, containers. So that process went on for most of my trip, uh, for most, most of my ceremony. And there was another part of, okay, there were two other parts of that experience that I also wanted to mention, because a lot of it was like repetitive, uh, just with different life experiences, but the same kind of process going through it. Um, so one of them was pertaining to my diet. So prior to my trip out for the three weeks before I had to eat vegetarian slash as close to vegan diet as possible to assist my body in the purge. So the idea was purifying the physical body, removing processed foods, junk food, fast food, any like heavy foods that are not necessarily good for the body and allowing the body to just kind of heal before so that the plant doesn't have to work through all that sludge to get down to the healing part. And I thought I was going to miss meat. And also I love cheese, like, ah, I'm a slut for some good cheese. And I thought that I would miss it the whole time. I was like, man, the first place I'm going to go on Saturday after I leave this retreat, like first place thing that I'm doing is going to pick up cheese for my road trip up to visit my other friend. And I didn't, I didn't really have that desire anymore because part of the message that had, excuse me, I'm recording. Thank you. Um, it's my antivirus just reminding me that all is Gucci in the laptop. Um, so as I was thinking about my diet and like how I treat my physical body, I'd been prioritizing physical activity um, and really trying to eat healthier, eating more fruits and vegetables and staying hydrated, eating whole grains um, and less processed and takeout foods. I heard a voice ask me why I liked meat. 
I said, well, I don't know. Like I, I just, I like meat. I like the tastes. I like the textures. I, you know, I, I grew up on meat and we were a meat and potatoes kind of family. And, you know, we ate like a lot of pasta and mac and cheese and stuff like just easy, easy and cost efficient meals for a single income family. And this voice countered it with, well, like, what are you getting out of it? And I didn't have an answer. I, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting out of this. And the voice kind of like thought I could, I could see it just in suspension. It was just kind of there. And then it looked at me and it said, we don't, we don't eat our own. Right? Like we, we eat plants, but they're sentient just like you are. Why do you get to eat them? Because you wouldn't want them to eat you. So why, why are you eating meat? Like, who is that benefiting? And I was kind of shocked. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, I love meat. I love. I love pork. I love beef. I love chicken, like lamb. Oh my God. I just, I loved meat. And after this trip, when I went to visit my friend after I, we'd had meat throughout the day, like throughout the weekend that I was there. And I just wasn't satisfied by it. The tastes were wrong. The textures were wrong. My body felt awful after. And I just thought, oh, Maybe I don't want to eat meat anymore. I still like cheese. Um, and I think I'll eat cheese like on occasion, but it's very much or very what the fuck? Words. Gosh. <laughs> I'm eating it in significantly smaller amounts and less frequently than I was before. Like I would easily go through like a family block of cheese in a week. Like that's how much cheese I would eat. I would eat it every day, at least once a day. Usually with breakfast, I'd have like an egg and cheese sandwich. Um, but then in the afternoon, like if I was hungry, I'd have a little cheese crackers, you know? Um, so that was a really big switch that I was not expecting. And since returning, like I miss chasu because chasu is just, oh, they're so good. But uh, it's barbecued pork for anyone who doesn't know what chasu is. It's got this like sweet barbecue sauce on it. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. And I kind of miss that, but it's more the flavor than like the actual eating of the meat that I miss. Um, I don't really miss the textures. Uh, and I've been feeling very satisfied with eating a vegetarian diet. I haven't been as tired. I haven't been as foggy minded. Like I've been way more clear headed since I've been eating vegetarian and my connection to spirit, my intuition feels less restricted. Like there's a more open flow of energy that's happening internally when I, oh my gosh, I can't stop burping. Excuse me. Um, (laughs) Super, super great. (laughs) Um, I just, I feel that less resistance internally with a vegetarian diet. So that was a good time. Um, it was unexpected, but I'm really glad that I embraced that and really challenged myself to question, like, why do I feel I have to eat meat? Like, what, 
who cares? There are so many vegetarian options and plant-based options out there right now that it's one of the best times to be vegetarian or vegan. Like you have way more options and availability than ever before. And also like Vancouver Island and just so many vegans and vegetarians. I had no problem finding vegetarian restaurants when I went back to the mainland for the second half of my trip. They were everywhere, just everywhere. It was fantastic. Um, So the second part of that that I wanted to talk about was releasing expectations regarding attachment to the outcome. So throughout my journey, I'm in love with love. Like the concept of love and just the existence of love is so fascinating to me. And I like I want to devote my life to understanding this more. And I am starting to like branch into that a little bit more within my career experience um, and just personal interests as well. And I was brought to a memory of like falling in love with someone for the night. And there was, there's a song, I can't remember who it's by right now, but it's, let's fall in love for the night and forget in the morning. Play me a song that you like, you can bet I'll know every line. And that was playing in my mind as I encountered this belief internally because I used to be so obsessed with finding the one that would be forever, right? That like fairy tale romance that like nobody could live up to. Like we're, we're just human. Like, yes, the magic can be there. The, the magic of love, but just like the magic of life can be present within those loving relationships. But that's a lot of pressure to place on a bond that you have with someone instead of living in the moment and allowing yourself to fully experience it without fear of it never returning. That when you are fully present, that memory forms and that memory goes into the bank of your subconscious. And when you are fully allowing yourself to be in that moment to experience to both give and receive a pure form of true love at its base understanding right not the fairy tale you're my one true love but just true love in the sense of source energy like that's what it's all about then that memory is going to allow you to attract more of that in your life in so many different areas because at our base understanding, at our core, we are love. We come from a place of love. We return to a place of love. We interact with snippets of love every single day. They don't always look how we think they should, but it's there. That also tied into something that my host had said to me that um, really stuck with me and tied into this newfound understanding that I had when I said I was sad to be leaving so soon. Like I had just gotten there a couple days before and I was already getting ready to head out. And he looked at me and he smiled and said, Nancy, it's better short than never at all. 
and that just like blew my mind because as I've allowed myself to experience love in different ways I've driven myself crazy after trying to figure out like how can I make this more long term how can I make this a continuous thing instead of allowing it to flow to me and through me knowing that it will come back that that same energy will return in a different form for me to interact with and learn from so really coming down into the mind body connection this was evidenced to me through checking in with how my body felt versus what my mind was telling me that even if my mind was saying I'm nervous I'm feeling anxious I'm not sure I'm uncertain whatever the mind was coming up as reasons to avoid the unfamiliarity of that pure reciprocal love my body countered it because it lit up like a freaking Christmas tree my entire body was online. There was a complete merging of selves in that moment when I experienced this love with another person that all the logical reasons just stopped mattering. There was no concern for anything else other than that exact moment and how I felt going through that moment. So there were definitely, uh, or it was a renewal in faith, just within love, that something I thought was not possible for me to experience to that capacity and with that like reckless abandon just fell into my lap. It was almost like the universe saying, see what happens when you get out of the way. To see what happens when you just trust that we are putting you in these situations for a reason. That you're here to learn and expand in this season from this experience. And as I was leaving on my final day, I was walking around and I was very emotional. I, I didn't want to leave um, the farm. I wanted to stay there for a few more days but my other travel plans had already been made. So um, I was just feeling through the emotion of like, just, it was a fondness of memory, but a sadness of completion, right? That sadness that can come with the ending of a cycle or an experience. And when I crossed paths with the same host who said better short than never, he asked how I was feeling and I said, you know, like I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm just, you know, taking it all in before I leave. And he kind of chuckled and he looked at me and he said, well, that's an awfully big task. And once again, I was catching myself grasping for fear that I would forget, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to return to this state or this place of being with the same vivacity. Is that a word? Vivacity? I don't know. It came to me. We're going to go with it. Um, with that same 
ferocity, ferocious, ferociousness, ferocity. Why are words so hard sometimes? (laughs) But that it wouldn't return to me. And I was like, damn it, I'm doing it again. Like I'm, I'm attached to this chapter instead of flipping the page and recognizing that maybe this is a foreshadowing, right? Maybe it's not, maybe it's, it's a memory that will come back up later when you encounter the energy again in a different way and you'll be reminded of it and think, oh yeah, this is great. Like you get to live all of the moments that fit within that energetic pattern in that experience and in that memory, both physical and mental. So those were like the big, the big lessons that I learned. Um, now I'm integrating them. So I'm really trying to maintain that clarity of mind as I'm going through the next days, weeks and months of my life and actioning the things that came up now that those barriers energetically have been released and removed from my energy field. I have the opportunity to step forward into this new version of being this unencumbered existence. So I'm very much looking forward to the experiences that will come forward, um, that will find me on my journey. Um, And the last part of that was that if you're watching the video part of this, I have significantly less hair than I did in my last video or any of the videos that I've posted uh, within the podcast. So for those listening, I shaved my head. Um, I had done it back in... Oh God, 2019, I want to say. Yeah, summer of 2019, I think. I shaved my head for the first time and it was such a freeing moment to release the expectations of femininity that I had placed on my hair. And I've really been challenging myself to observe what traditionally feminine rituals bring forward for me, especially now that I've come out as non-binary I still live in a female body. I was still raised and socialized as a a woman, right? Like as a girl slash woman as I grew up. So that's very much part of my identity and my expression just because that's the body that I live in. And I realized that I was holding on to my longer blonde hair for a host of reasons that were no longer serving me. And it felt like I had to prove that I was still feminine in a certain aspect, that I was still desirable as a feminine presenting individual, even though having a shaved head was one of the greatest times of my life. I don't like washing my hair. I don't like doing my hair, drying it, styling it. Not my jam. I'd much rather play around with colors on my face. Um, and just having this freedom to wake up and go without having to worry about what I look like is so impactful for me. So this, I, words again, (laughs) um, after I had left my friend following my departure from the retreat, I booked 
or I, I just walked into a first choice haircutter. So I sat down and said, what are we doing today? And I said, uh, we're cutting it. And she goes, okay, like how short? And I said, uh, all of it, like just shave it right off. And she was so excited. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, I think I'm about as excited as you are. Like, this is not something that I normally get to do. Like, this is so cool. What a good Monday. <laughs> like, She was so excited that I was shaving my head and the two women that were sitting beside me were like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like that, that would just be awesome. Like to just shave my head and not worry about it anymore. And there was a part of me that was like, you can, you can literally do whatever you want. Like, let's all shave our heads right now. We'll, we'll have a little shaving of the head party. Um, so yeah, all in all, this trip was so connecting for me that I faced so many fears. One of traveling across the country alone, of being on my own for 10 days with no one else's company really other than myself and that uh, weekend that I spent with my friend um, I just I'm not the same person returning as I was leaving when I came back I was in a completely different state of mind body and soul and as soon as I flew back into Ottawa I was just overcome with sadness and heaviness like I never realized how dense the energy here is in this city and how much I don't like it here <laughs> like everything feels so competitive all the time and so fast-paced and rushed and people are grumpy and it's just the energy of everything that happens here and I think part of that has to do with it being a government town like it's very you know professional and all about the appearances and your qualifications and all of these things that they just don't matter. They just don't matter. So someday I'm going to live on that island. Some fucking day I'm going to live there because it was absolutely magical. The spiritual energy, again, off the charts, just like being around the trees and the ocean and the mountains, like peak combination for moi. Uh, so we're going to update my little vision board and uh, bring out some new some new visualizations, some new imagery there. Uh, but yeah, that I'm just so glad that I took that step, that I allowed myself to experience things and didn't fear the ending of any of the good experience that I experiences that I did encounter on my trip. So that's my update on the plant medicine journey. Um, I will continue updating like as I integrate more into my daily life and how things are changing. I feel like I'm on a completely different timeline right now and just energetic pathway. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes and how things change over the next, again, weeks, months and upcoming years. Like oh, just incredible. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you save, saving this space for me to chat um, and for joining me in this space. It's truly incredible to know that people are out there listening and that, you know, maybe the lessons that I learned can also help somebody else. 
So uh, if you ever want to chat, if you have any questions, comments, uh, if there's topics that you want to hear me talk about on the podcast, or if you're somebody who would like to be a guest on the podcast, please do send me an email at thebeeandthebaroness at hotmail.com, or you can message me on Instagram at also thebeeandthebaroness. Uh, I will include all of that as well in the show notes um, for spelling purposes. So yes, thank you all for being here and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.